fucking tweets from all the accounts man thank you you're welcome you're probably except friend. for me still alive so i like that karina's new thing is to unfollow me and then refollow me every now and then and then i have no idea when she unfollows me and then every now and then she'll just pop back up there she it's is it's a real fun game of like but it makes you feel special and then sad oh she's feeling better oh no 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 no, no she's not no. <laughs> oh uh, I guess the political climate's not that bad. Oh, it's terrible? Okay. Yeah. Okay, bye. No, you know. <laughs> See ya. You know exactly where my mood is by whether or not I followed you recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's because I know and uh, love and adore you. You're the only person I feel guilty about unfollowing. Because so. I asked you to follow me on my birthday. Yeah. That'll do it. That's harsh. It was. Like, what can she do? Look, Whitney's restraining herself. She doesn't give a shit if I follow her. No, that's true. Mm. I know you said follow, but it kind of sounded like flower her. <laughs> what? I don't know. I don't. It made me think of like jackass where they pour flour all over each other. No. Oh, what? wow. That could How have been so much How many weeds worse. have you smoking? Not enough. <laughs> Same. <laughs> <laughs> Thought you were off the juice. Last night I busted out a cigarette and I was like, I'm back on the juice, baby. <laughs> Kai Krebs, and he was like, what? <laughs> I guess we don't hang out enough. I didn't know you weren't smoking. And I was like, eh, well, well, fuck well. you. Then. Well, way to back take on f- the juice now. Way to take a fun moment and unfun it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was me just being really stupid for a minute. You got to get it out. You do. Get it out so it doesn't bleed into our super not stupid podcast. I'm Lisa Friedrich. I had to burp. I'm Whitney Lamond. I'm still chewing. I'm Karina Magyar. I love what just happened. This is Weird Brunch. And we're all eating because it's brunch. Mm -hmm. Domino's Brunch, baby. Oh, my God. If we can just get sponsored by Domino's and White Claw and weed, that would be the best. Sponsored by weed? We're just sponsored by weed. Knock, knock. It's weed. We have some money for you. Do you think that... (laughs) That was the door opening. (laughs) We didn't get no radio theater. Yeah, no idea. (laughs) Do you think that, like, fifty years from now, they'll have like now we have the cotton bowl and the orange bowl? Ah, shit! My dad's calling me. Do you think we're gonna have a weed bowl? He's in rehab. I have to take this call. Y'all continue talking. Rebby, take my place. Oh, welcome, Remy, uh, everybody. Welcome, Rebby. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> you le- you're a leader now. What should we do? Oh, no. Um, oh, no. I'm the leader. We are <laughs> fucked. What's going on on your phone right now? Um, I'm playing this game I'm addicted to called Two Dots. Two Dots oh, is Oh, Two Dots great. is the best. Um, yeah. We can also get sponsored. what level I'm on, it's going to blow your mind. No, I'm um, going to blow your mind back. 147. What are you on? Way higher. 863. <sighs> 780. I'm wow. on 1,234. Wow. I kept thinking, I like, maybe there, I was going to break some record, but you just shattered it. It just keeps coming. But my kids are addicted to it. It's the only reason I haven't deleted it, because I'm addicted to it. And It's just like a quick little, if you're bored for like mm-hmm. five minutes, you yes. can just like do a thing. Your shoes are great. Thank you. They're really the loud, and I can like stomp. Yeah. Mm. Make, pe- make people know. Oh, yeah. Walking down the hall, I'm like... Yeah, let them <laughs> fucking know. That's right. If I can't make somebody feel like the building they're in is haunted, I'm not wearing the right shoes. Yeah, you know? I'm, not, I'm not walking right. Mm-hmm. Need that reverb, that echo. My, I think, <laughs> grossly said, <laughs> I went from walking to being like, oh, I think my knee's infected because I fell so hard the other day just from walking. I, was I sober. D- fell real hard and my knee got infected. Yeah. It sucks. It does. You got to be careful about it. I have to admit, I saw your post about falling Mm -hmm. and how you scraped your hands, Mm -hmm. but you're alive. And now I see it in real life. Yeah, I am alive. (laughs) Um, I'm walking. Did you trip over like nothing? Nothing. It was almost. Is that like when you choke on your own spit and you're like, what just happened? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It does. But it was more like getting an air bubble where like 
why did that happen? So it was kind of yeah. like my knee just went out. CJ said that it looked like I was doing a bit. <laughs> like I, w- I was like, when have you known me to do a fucking Pratt fall? Oh, you know, Lisa Friedrich, physical comedian. Yeah. yeah. Comedian, please. Well, comedian, um, sorry. Yes. Uh, <laughs> this Jesus. next performer's a lady. Your next performer's a lady, and she's going to do some movements. She's going to fall down and act clumsy and be cute. Wow, what a wacky lady. Okay, I don't know what <laughs> She's happening. the new Meg Ryan. So, uh, <laughs> the old it, Meg Ryan. <laughs> you're still better than my girlfriend broke her wrist tripping <gasps> over a pool noodle. Oh no! She is a occupational therapist. No, trying to like reach for a kid, and she said she kind of did the like, and just (laughs) fell and really hurt her wrist on a pool noodle. Well, at least she can get it. Oh no! It's Terry, actually. Y'all know Terry. You know Terry. I know Terry. It's real bad. It was like all purple the other night. (laughs) Big old and a big old band. Well, at least she can rehab it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's true. Well, that was, uh, I'm glad we all treated that like live radio, like we had to cover yeah. instead of just pressing I'm really, pause. I'm proud of all of us. I guess we yeah. have to give the mic back. I think we yeah. didn't know. I mean. <laughs> Do you have a story? Do y'all want to yeah. switch off? It's fine. Okay. Well, Reb. We'll see if. We yeah. have been talking about, Karina's going to have to be out for a little bit. Yeah. We've been talking about I'm going to a farm upstate for a couple of months. So. Jesus Christ. We're talking about We'll see. It. You just did. How did she do? B plus. <laughs> that's B- not that bad. That's really not. That's, that's, that's I mean, well above average. I Seriously. What do you want me to say? <laughs> now I want to know what my grade is. Like, fuck, if that's a B plus, yeah, what do you, I get? Yeah, what do we She's get? She's like F d minus you guys are still in the semester you have a lot more um assignments Shit. to complete i can't provide final grades damn is I that will. what you're going to be doing in december is listening back and grading us <laughs> <laughs> i've been doing it she all along she mispronounced that word oh, no mm-hmm. I, I listen back and i i i'm like oh i wish it didn't sound like that yeah whoever makes me do more edits gets a lower grade <laughs> It's me. I'm losing. I'm the worst. <laughs> I smack my lips and do stupid shit. Did we already introduce ourselves? Yes. We did. Oh, yeah. We right? were eating. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then it all, all of us had loose. food in our mouths. Mm, yeah. We did good. <sighs> who's first today? So, well, Lisa, who's missing now? Yeah. It's funny <laughs> you should ask that. It's like you set this up just so fucking well. <laughs> On the morning Brilliant. of November 6, 2011, Sky Elijah Metalwalla. What? Born Wait, Dal- what? I'm sorry. I'm going to do my best with this. Okay, Sky no, Elijah. You got it. You Sky Girl? Elijah. Uh, born Sky Elijah. Okay. A Sky. Uh, shit. Sky Elijah Metalwalla. Born September 6, 2009. Where were you when the world stopped turning on that September day? You know what I mean? It's not just the one, there's multiple September days. Let's think about it. Bartending. Alan Jackson. Hitters at least 30. Uh, a Redmond, <laughs> Washington, Redmond, Wa- Lisa, it's Richmond, Virginia. They're talking about Redmond, Washington. Reportedly sick, his mother, Julia, oh God, I'm going to say it so many times. Julia! Beer, I'm sorry. Biryakova. Biryakova. Just say B. Okay. Uh, said she put him and his older sister in the car along a Bellevue Street to go to a nearby hospital. Along the way, she said that she ran out of gas, leaving Sky in the car while she went to get help. She said that when she returned after being gone an hour and a half, he was gone. He's not been seen since. Let's find well, out more. Good idea. What if I was like, that's it. <laughs> Bye. Who's so next? Don't leave your kid in the car. Is that what we're learning? Yep, that's the uh, no. Th- what <laughs> what we're learning is far more fun than that. Oh goody! But this the beginning of this. None of the story is fun except for one part. So both of Sky's parents were immigrants. I wonder uh, if we've passed that fun <laughs> part yet or not. Solomon Metalwala was originally from Pakistan. Julia Birikova is Ukrainian, born in Russia. Uh, she later claimed to have been subjected to shock therapy in mental hospitals during her childhood as punishment, in addition to regular disciplinary beatings by her parents. 
keep that in mind. <clears throat> Solomon had been running a convenience store when the two met. By the way, that's the opening for both of these people is he was running a convenience store. She was tortured as a child. Anyway. It mm. always comes back. It's about even. Biryakova met her future husband at the age of 15 in 1997, three years after immigrating from Russia. At the time, How old was he? Uh, 21. 21 and 15. So, uh, How did they meet? Did he order her? I believe... It, let's see. I, I think she know. met him at the convenience. Yeah, the two met at the convenience oh, store. She was buying gum or something. Smokes. Yeah. Probably smokes. Hmm. You know She's how cool. Y'all know how Russians are. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Ukrainian. So he invited her to a party. They began dating. Um, and she started working at a family-owned restaurant. His family-owned restaurant. By 1999, when she finished high school and was naturalized, uh, the couple bought a Bellevue condominium to live in. So these people are... That's not bad. Yeah, yeah, like at the age of 18 and I guess, what, 24, they're doing pretty fucking good. Better than nice. me. Yeah, seriously, bought a condo. I never bought anything. In Washington? Yeah. I, I mean, it was 99, everything. so like they were still like, mm-hmm. who killed Kurt? You know? Yeah, that was still post-grunge. There was some real estate bump for that. Yeah, like mm-hmm. tech hadn't started. The internet was barely around. I was still cybering on but, AOL. But Microsoft was there. Yeah, but doing what? Windows 98? Get fucked. <laughs> Windows 98 was the shit. Yeah, wasn't yeah. that the best version? I was working in Office Max when that shit was released, and it was like, boom, bigger than Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I just want to know more about your time at Office Max. <laughs> that was about it. That's all I got to say. I was there for the 98 release. Uh, <laughs> Left by Windows Emmy. Never forget. Oh, I forgot about that one. That one was real bad. That okay. was painful. So while they enjoyed work and many leisure activities together, guess what? There was some friction between them. Police in Kirkland were called when the couple were seen arguing loudly at a local gas station over their plans for the evening. Imagine. I've done that. <laughs> I done that. <laughs> I did that. <laughs> I have. From Luffield. God damn it. I done argued in a gas station about Who night plans. Who argued mm. about what you're eating that night at a gas station? Night plans get discussed at the gas station. You know, when that doesn't happen is when you argue in a 7-Eleven because their food is delicious. So. Oh, for sure. Um, sure. Shout out to 7-Eleven. We just need just anyone sponsor us. Please. Um, I think we were well established that all of us are white trash and yeah, I'm not sure I, I knew it until right now. No. Yeah. I, I worked at Office Max. I am a cut above. <laughs> <laughs> I lived in Beaumont, so I'll just take my uh I'll just take my, my gutter position. Um <laughs> Assume gutter position. Assume the gutter position. Gross. Oh that's that's so on your terrible. knees. You gotta be on your knees for that. One. Do um, not explore. So uh, at the point where the cops came, she's like, "Oh no, my boyfriend's controlling," uh, and she was also like, "Oh no, I'm emotionally dependent on him." So in 2003, she married him because <laughs> that's what you this do. This is post kid disappearance. No, okay. this is all building. Oh, up. da da da. Yeah. Sorry. So in we 2003, just had a yes. it's like that was yes. the teaser for episode one. Got it. Yes. Uh, I like that you said episode. <laughs> uh, in 2003, she married him in a brief ceremony in his mother's kitchen. Ugh. Later, she said, it, "What? Yeah." Wait. They couldn't even go into the, like the front yard. Yeah, ceremony <laughs> Get in out mother's in the yard. ceremony in mother's kitchen always ends in a spanking. Mm-hmm. There's no <laughs> like a hot spanking mm-hmm. or like what do you mean yeah, like a hot on your like mom. with a spoon like a hot spoon? But does he own a convenience <laughs> store? I'm gonna spank own. you with a hot spoon. <laughs> I'm amazing. not here to shame. Jesus, that's great. Um... <laughs> Later, she said his family gave her the choice of either doing so or never seeing him again since they claimed he was facing imminent deportation for reasons that are not known. Okay. In 2005, Metawala converted to Christianity. He and his wife began uh, attending church in Kirkland. This is stressing his family out because they are not Christian. Within Mm -hmm. two years, they're experiencing financial problems as well. When a competing deli opened next to their restaurant, cutting into their earnings. So this was two years after 2005. Guess what? Daughter Miley 
Their first child was born in 2007. Miley? <laughs> yeah. M A I L E. Okay. Miley? I'm going to say No, Miley. no, I'm. Instead uh, of male. She's just being Miley. <laughs> this is my precious daughter, male. <laughs> the male? <laughs> of the male? Here's the male that never fails. Middle name dream unfulfilled. <laughs> Makes me want to wag my tail. Uh, business further declined in the Great Recession that began in 2008. Mm-hmm. The two bought a... But, it, but it, these people are making poor choices. Um, so Some people aren't meant to own small businesses. That's correct. Because uh, then they bought a home in Kirkland for over $800,000. In addition to the mortgage payments, they still had to make on their Bellevue condo. That's a great idea. So... Well, this is the American story right here. Mm-hmm. Sky was born in 2009. A psychiatrist, uh, B. Saw, prescribed her antidepressants while she was pregnant, although she said she did not need them. Wait, the mom or the Sky? The mom. Okay. Uh, lenders were beginning to foreclose on the family's properties. They had to move out of their Kirkland home and back into the condo. Solomon claimed later in court papers that at this time his wife's psychological problems began to manifest themselves, causing him to began eating outside and sleeping on the floor to comply with her obsession with keeping the condominium clean. What? Wait, that's awesome. Go, bitch! Make it meet out! <laughs> Side. <laughs> but still, do it. Yeah, I like the boundaries being set here. The board cited the couple several times for violating noise regulations. At one point, they awoke their neighbors with vacuuming after 11 p.m. What? Oh, fuck you, neighbors. Who calls the cops for that? Seriously. Um, (laughs) There's somebody vacuuming upstairs. I have to get up and do nothing. (laughs) When the boy was two months old, his parents left him alone in their car in a Target parking lot for almost an hour on a day when the outdoor temperature was 27 degrees. Okay, take him away. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It gets worse. Both parents were arrested after police had them paged to their car uh, and charged. They were charged with rec- reckless endangerment. Yeah. They claimed to be inside for only 20 minutes. And then Target was like, mm, look at the tapes. Also, so, only 20 minutes. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then they agreed to take parenting classes. So they got off of that one. So on Homegirls 29. Wait, there are parenting classes. <laughs> Shit. You don't need them. Yeah, you're great. You are a parenting class. That's right. I'm always in and out of Target in five minutes. I don't know what these assholes are doing. Boom, boom. Mm -hmm. Who's in Target? Whatever. Um, (laughs) So on her 29th birthday in early 2010, she was briefly committed to a mental hospital for the first of three times after telling Solomon she had dreamed of killing the children. There she was. What state is this in? Washington. Okay. There no. she was diagnosed with severe obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, however, the psychiatrists were like, yeah, she can still be a mom. Uh, shortly she, after she got out, her, her husband filed for divorce. So then she was committed again. After the couple separated, she texted her husband claiming to have suicidal ideations, mm. which she later claimed uh, she had done just to get his attention. Mm. This is sad. You're right. Well, it is sad. Okay. Upon her admittance to the third hospital, she was found to have a global assessment of functioning score of 15, suggesting she was a danger to herself and to others. It, uh, Wait, it, what is shit. a global, global assessment, assessment of functioning? I don't know. I want to take it. So I want to take it, too. We could all take it together. Maybe. All right. I'm going to dial it up here. Assessment of functioning. Um, it had improved to 40, meaning slight impairment by the time she was released. Out of what? 100? I don't know. Okay. Good question. Uh, after that release, Solomon and his brother took uh, old girl to the University of Washington Medical Center. Yes, it's out of 100. <laughs> well, 40. She got a 15? A 15? 15. And then she got up to a 40 before she was released. Yeah, 15 is like one step above mosquito. That is intense. <laughs> Oof. Um, so then she went into another one. She checked in voluntarily. Uh, at this point, the lenders were closing on the condo. So Solomon moved in with his children to the parents' home in Kirkland. Um, Biryokova alleged in her filings that Solomon had been abusive and that she feared for her life. She claimed that the allegations were fabricated and said that her mental problems made her unstable and capable of keeping food in the house. 
or letting her children sleep in the beds due to her OCD. I'm sorry, he claimed that, just to be clear. Right. CPS investigated a claim that Solomon had injured his daughter um, at this point uh, because of that claim. Eventually, she gets full custody and won't let him have any visitation rights. Oh, no. She uh, offered to forego alimony and child support if he let her move to Arizona with the children, but he refused. Good job, in my opinion. They're both pieces of shit, but like... (laughs) So then in November of 2011, the couple uh, are like kind of forced into a mediation where they come to an agreement that she's going to have full custody, but he has full visitation rights. And then on November 3rd, so I guess like within three days, she's like, um, I felt forced and void that. Uh, so then. Right. So that was uh, November 3rd that she was like, no, thanks. Biryakova says her son woke up sick in their Redmond apartment on the morning of November 6th. She had said she has said that she put him and his sister in the car she was driving at the time, a silver 1998 two door Acura Integra and headed for the Overlake Medical Center in Bellevue. She later stated that around the 2600 block of 112th Street in that city, a long section of the road that follows a tall concrete noise barrier around the curve of Washington State. Who gives a shit? Yeah. that she ran out of gas. <laughs> she fucking ran out of gas. She ran out of gas. Okay. Next to a wall. She parked the car on the side of the road, uh, left Sky strapped into his car seat inside. And when she took Miley uh, to find assistance, reaching a Chevron station north where she parked her car an hour later, where she parked an hour later. Instead of buying gas or asking someone to bring it to her car, she called a friend who came and picked her up and gave her a ride back to her car. Without. Oh, OK. To the car where the kids were. She said that when she returned, she discovered that Sky was gone. She called police, reported him missing. They in turn contacted Solomon before noon that day. Investigation. Jesus, man, that woman is so fucking lazy and shitty. I could see her like carrying him half of the way and then being like, "I don't feel like it anymore." Right, like putting him in a bush and just like dumping the kid. Yeah, like there's. Yeah, there's a lot of things that definitely could have happened. Again, we don't know much. Um, Yeah. So so the investigation, investigation. uh, her car, when tested, proved to have adequate fuel in its tank and operated normally. No gas can was found in the car. When questioned further, she took her Fifth Amendment rights and refused to take a lie detector test. Okay, well. She did, however, give investigators permission to search the car, her computer, and her home. There was no sign of sky at near at or near the la- latter location mm-hmm. so they would go to solomon's house find nothing after a lie detector test he took the night after the disappearance proved inconclusive solomon took another one the next day although neither he his attorney nor the police shared the results with the public oh no he fucked it up he got nervous and got misdiagnosed as a liar because those things don't work mm-hmm. um during the investigation, both of them admitted to having left the children by themselves for long periods of time. They were 15 and 21 when they met. They were yeah. late 20s with kids. That's it's not completely, an excuse. No, it's not an excuse. It's just completely irresponsible. Um, yeah. I mean, if they Sky were was, what, an infant at this at point, right? Like, still months old? Yeah, he was yeah. He was born Bitch in 2009. Sold her baby. <laughs> the, you said there was... N- like they still had sufficient gas. Yes. Yes. She did something. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Detectives would not confirm whether, according to some reports, uh, Beryakova had done s- uh, so during the lengthy me- mediation hearing the week before Sky went missing. So they think that she brought him to the mediation meeting and left him in the car while she went in and was like, let's figure this out for nine hours. Okay. Wait, what? The mediation where they agreed that she would have full custody, but he would have full visitation rights. He left the she left, she the, left kids the kids in, in the, the car part. during the mediation. The detectives were saying like, mm, "We're not going to oh. confirm." So she probably accidentally killed him by mm. neglect before, she, she and just, then yeah. said he disappeared. Exactly, she was dragging a baby. She Casey Anthony did. Yeah. Well, yeah. so November. Or like November one, she's like, "Cool, we can all hang out." November three, she's like, "No thanks." November six, this happens. Yeah, yeah. So she Casey Anthony. She did. Mm-hmm. 
Let's see. There was there were some questions about whether Sky had even been in the car in that morning to begin with. Motorists that had passed hadn't seen him or anything suspicious. Uh, the theory that Sky's disappearance <laughs> this is this is the good part. <coughs> okay. The theory that Sky's disappearance might have been arranged by Biryakova drew more credence when police learned of a strong of strong coincidences between her story and a recently aired episode of the popular crime drama. <gasps> Law and Order SVU. Oh, there it is. In the episode titled Missing Pieces, a young couple claims their baby son had been abducted when their parked car was stolen. It is later learned that they buried the boy, believing they accidentally killed him and made up the abduction as a cover story. Oh, shit. Mm. The episode, first broadcast two weeks earlier, had been rerun the night before Sky vanished. Oh, my God. This is like how we figure out Trump's foreign policy. (laughs) Thoughts. <laughs> Biryakova, Biryakova's presence on the internet also aroused interest. On her Facebook page, she had posted many pictures of Miley, but n- almost none of Sky. She also posted a profile. <laughs> That's creepy as fuck. She also posted a profile to SeekingArrangements.com, a dating website for women seeking quote unquote sugar daddies. Investigators stated publicly that they, they did not believe Biryakova's story and suspected criminal activity had occurred. However, mm-hmm. <laughs> they did not formally describe her as a suspect or a person of interest, nor did they charge her with child endangerment, despite the circumstances of the case and her past arrest. The decision not to do so, they said later, was a strategic decision in order to c- secure a conviction. Police and prosecutors would have had to prove that they believed like one certain thing instead of exactly what happened because she was... They were saying, like, you definitely left your kid in the car, but now they're like, oh, no, that kid probably was never in the car, so we can't, like, convict you of that. We want to wait until this body shows up so we can get you for that. It's hard to convict without a body. It doesn't happen often. So, after... Let me tell (laughs) you. You've been trying for years. On the force. (laughs) After this little baby (laughs) is gone... Uh, so two weeks after she finally discussed the case with the media maybe uh, ABC News obtained her email address and she reiterated that she had no idea where the boy was and called her ex-husband a sadistic Muslim Pakistani who was not telling the truth to himself oh what a winner the network was unable to confirm whether it was indeed her who responded to them because it was just the fucking email (laughs) Quality report. Were they just like, yeah, interviewing the comment section? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) At Sugar Mama. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Sugar Mama comment section. um, (laughs) The State's Department of Social and Health Services, DSHS, removed Miley from her home uh, in the wake of her brother's disappearance and placed her into foster care. Solomon was granted twice weekly visitation while petitioning the court hearing the divorce to grant him custody, which it did after removing the remaining protection order. The divorce was granted January 2012. So like three months. This baby is in foster care. Wow. Wait, she w- but Miley. she was like five or yeah. something, right? Yeah, yeah. still. I mean, it's still a baby, baby. For, sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah exactly. But she could walk and stuff. Like, yeah. So she'll remember she it. She can walk, but she can't run. Uh, follow your feet this is making me sad Um, follow your feet in 2015 (laughs) on the case's fourth anniversary Bellevue's new police chief Steve Milet appeared publicly to Biryakova to talk to them again I am convinced you hold the key to finding Sky he said in the local newspaper they've also like digitally age processed uh, an image of Sky so they're they're still like Okay. That must be They're real hard to do with a baby. Really hard. I get it. Um, it's it's not that bad. He just looks like a kid from like. How long has like it some, been? Um, now seven years. So then, let's talk about her remarriage and third child. What? <clears throat> Wait, what? Mm-hmm. Somebody around, the, around mm-hmm. the time of the fourth anniversary of the disappearance in 2015. Uh, it was reported that Biryakova had not only remarried the previous year, but born her third child by new husband in July. DSHS workers were trying to have the infant removed from her care. They were more concerned about Biryakova's mental health, given her OCD diagnosis. Um, and then they found the father, Alan Morgan, had convi- had con- a convicted felon 
they found him problematic. <laughs> they found him problem. You would imagine. That is a standard episode of Cops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's um, what that is. Yeah. So authorities in Florida had taken a child from his home there the month the two were married. Whoa. Really? Briakova reported him to the police in Redmond for allegedly assaulting her and got a no contact order. She nevertheless visited him regularly in jail. Where he was, uh, where he was when she gave birth, under assumed names, both claimed to uh, investigators that they did not live together, despite giving them the same address. Biryakova <laughs> said at one point she did not even know who the father was, even though his name was on the child's birth certificate. <laughs> this woman is a piece of shit. Get yeah. out of here. So here are the four theories. Okay, number one. No trace of Sky was found in the surrounding neighborhoods. Police said they believe he did not wander away on his own in the absence of any new information or useful leads. And with uh, Biryakova's account still considered doubtful, theories of Sky's disappearance have assumed his mother's connivance. Connivance? Sure. I think that's a mild that word for her. Bay. She she was up to misadventures. She concocted that hospital story when she realized no one believed it. She hired an attorney. That's what one person. Oh, that's what Solomon's attorney said. Solomon said he believes his son was alive, but perhaps uh, not in the U.S. In spring of 2011, after the visit to the doctor, he was the last independent record of Sky's presence. Uh, in 2013, he said that he didn't know how that could have happened. So he's wondering if um, her family took him to the Ukraine. Solomon thinks that her family uh, came to visit her and what, what took the sky to the Ukraine. But why would she, she not just say that? That's okay. She had custody. She could just be like, yeah, that well, she's visiting. Ukraine's a weird place because that's where a lot of... T- trafficking happens i know but it would still be totally legal like if the cops were like where's your kid oh that my parents took my him. grandparents well, are isn't that take illegal him. to take him out of the state if he, there's a divorce proceeding going on custody is mm. i guess if she has full custody depends on the custody yeah yeah um his attorney believes that uh more definitely sky was never in the car that morning, nor would police have been expected to find any evidence in the apartment. She's a clean freak, and she probably bleached everything out. God damn. That's gross. Attorney. Yeah. Um, She's doubtful. <laughs> I don't think he's alive, she said in 2013. Solomon <laughs> doesn't like when I say that, but that's what I think. I agree with her. <laughs> she would Literally, know. The last theory is her going, I don't think so yeah that's probably the correct one. Oh my god yeah so that's <sighs> i dislike her <laughs> just gonna say it that's a great I dislike her yeah is she i want to see what she looks like i bet she looks like a bitch no she's nah she's got issues yeah also look at the look at the poor little kid sky he looks so awkward in that picture. It. He's like, I don't want to lay on this lady. That's just what babies do. That's how babies lay. God. God damn it, Karina. You can't. He's the four months old. I'm not going to be like awkward. Like he's. <laughs> Jeez. This woman. He's just feeling stiff and figuring out how to use his eyes. I just feel like if, you know, if my baby was that stiff at that age, I'd probably just leave him somewhere, you know? Okay. There are ways to get around okay. back on our you side, know? <laughs> you know? I Nobody just, I just, if you're gonna babies. fucking, if you're gonna do an SVU episode, at least wait a while. That's true. Or like, buy the DVDs so you can at least pick a random one. You know, yeah. don't make it so obvious that it's the one that was Get on. fucking Hulu. <laughs> I mean. It's $12 a month. What year was this, though? I seven. I don't but give it a was, shit about the commercials. I'll watch This it. was like. 2010 2011 <laughs> when it happened it was wasn't DVDs. the deal you could rent it unfortunately yeah get the pizza welcome back oh speaking of kids who went wrong and went missing for a while i have a story good okay that's what we're here for. Please tell us your story. Yeah, I'm thinking about how to start this. So is it, I, I grew up in Colorado, right? And um, 
I was a skier and and I also liked mountain biking. Those are my like things to do when I was in middle school. Those books when I was feeling cool, you know, rad. Because R A D. Yeah, in the early nineties, like being rad was important. And uh, I fell in love with this. Was like my first athlete crush ever. This mountain bike rider named uh, Missy Giovi, who was known as the Missile. That's. A really cool She name. was, yes. And she was the first prominent female downhill kind of like um, mountain biker, dirt biker. Mm-hmm. And she was super famous within that world. And I saw her at an event and she had cool hair and she had this like really brash attitude. Which what kind was of hair? Kind of fu- she had like a shaved sides and like a big mop of hair on Fuck top. Yeah. yeah, she was super hot. And uh, she wore the desiccated corpse of her pet piranha as a necklace around her neck as she like raced. And then she stuffed the remains of her dead dog's like ashes in her bra. Like she was just weird and cool. And she raced like a demon. Like she would just fly down hills and like do shit that nobody else was like willing to do. And she got bones broken all the time. And she became like a really big deal. Like she was sponsored by big company. She was making millions as a motor, as a mountain biker. Um, Cause it was the nineties and it was like a really hot sport then. Mm-hmm. So I kind of lost touch with her after she won the world championship in Vail in 94. Cause I kind of outgrew mountain biking and stuff like that. Was that at like the X games? Uh, this was pre X games. This was before those had been invented. Okay. Just but curious. Kind of proto X Games, yeah. Yeah. Um, And then in the 2000s, mountain biking got way not cool real fast because the X Games and like other stuff came around. Yeah, well, uh, just other kinds of sports bikes weren't cool anymore. And it was like snowboards and skateboard. Yeah, exactly. And uh, And rollerblading. And lighting yourself on fire and dirt biking instead of downhill. Jackass style. Right. But throughout the 90s, she was basically my Tony Hawk. Like, she was that cool Lance chick. Armstrong. No, my Tony Hawk. Because <laughs> she was my counterculture athlete. She didn't... No, I was... Yeah, she was not my Lance Armstrong. Sorry, I was... How dare you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-mm. Okay. So, uh, everybody kind of lost track of her in the 2000s, and she basically sort of retired because there was no more money in professional mountain biking. And she disappeared, and I forgot about her, and so did the world. <laughs> anyway, uh, while she was kind of wrapping her career up, she had a couple of really bad falls in Vail and had to be hospitalized for a while. I think this was 2009? Um, no, 2001. She had a double crash in Vail. Uh, and while she was recovering, someone slipped her some marijuana to smoke uh, to recover. Oh, slipped it oh no right uh and then like she figured out a way to make money as you sometimes do when you first realize that you can buy and sell drugs so she became a drug runner what and the same traits that made her like an amazing downhill mountain biker made her like the preeminent drug runner in america in the 2000s but like under this code name the daa was chasing her all the time because they had all the supply in California and all the demand on the East Coast. And it took like serious bravery to get the shit across all the way the, across the country. Yeah, And she would just do these crazy ass runs. And uh, she was known for going up into Canada and then coming across Canada and then dropping down. Um, but that was like really dangerous because of the border crossings. And was she this was just fearless. still on a bike? No, no, no. Okay. So it was like just, <laughs> just curious. I was, I was like, but damn. She did do one deal in Canada where she got caught. Like it was a sting and it was she was busted, except she had her bike with her in the mid 2000s <laughs> and she took off into the woods and like mountain biked through the woods and got away. Fuck so yeah, like, yeah, bitch. she was just a badass drug runner. But I'm for to get just sad that you're saying was just marijuana. Like, and that's the thing that's so ironic now is that this is actually practically fucking legal at this point to transport marijuana from here to there anyway um she's doing a run in 2015 or 2009 hold on i gotta get 
to the story here. Yeah, in 2009, with like her connection who had all the money, she's doing around with like a truck full of marijuana that was packed up in the floorboards. It was 500 pounds of marijuana that she was transporting all the way across state lines. She stopped at this giant house and exchanged it for a bag with $1.4 million in it. Oh, shit. Yeah, which she had paid like about 800 grand for West Coast. So she was like clearing 400 grand worth of money, right? I'm real nervous. I'll never have that much money. They She pulls out of the driveway, and but as she's unpacking it, she realizes there's a device inside the truck in the back that's like got a bleeping red Uh-oh. dot on it. And she's like, oh, we're fucked. That's a GPS tracker. So she and her associate go separate ways. And then she notices cars following them and all that stuff. And she manages to shake them like she usually does. But she's like, that's a tracker. I'm fucked. So she drives it down to this big river and she rents a kayak. And she's about to load her bike up onto the kayak and just get onto the kayak and say, like, you know, what I can do is I can kayak down river a while, hop into the woods, mountain bike away, kind of do one of my patented cool ass escapes. Extreme. The year before this, that this had happened, she met a, another woman and they'd gotten married and like she was in love and she was kind of trying to like get out of the game. Like this was like her one last oh, score God kind of damn, shit. It's just like a movie. Yeah, I know. I'm just staring at you sad right now. Lisa's so, ready to cry. Don't worry. Um, don't worry. You're gonna. <laughs> she's about to do all that crazy stuff and she thinks about her wife and she's just like, they're going to find me. And so she rolled up the she what she called the fattest joint of her life and just sat back in a chair and sparked it up and just waited. And they came and then they were like, uh, did you just sell one point two million dollars <laughs> worth of marijuana on the road? And she's like, What marijuana? I don't know. What and they're like, I Well, we all. followed you with that GPS tracker and she goes, What's a GPS tracker? And then they like drag her off to the police station. They're like, Look, we caught you. We know everything about you. We've been tracking you for months. And she's like, all right. Yeah, I did it. I've been smuggling marijuana for like 10 years, trying to pay all these medical bills that I had from breaking my bones 50 times, uh, trying to take care of my family. That's what I did. That was my job. You busted me. And they're like, okay, well, give us the bigger fish. And she was like, well, there's this guy, Eric. He went the other way. Did you catch him? They're like, yeah, we caught him. Cool. He's the other fish. That's it. It's just the two of us, mom and pop operation. You win. Good job, feds. This is her attitude is amazing. So they ended up investigating the whole thing. It turns out all the money was on this other side, the Eric side, and she was literally just the mule. And so because she cooperated and pled, even though they'd already caught everybody else anyway, they were Mm -hmm. like, okay, uh, time served plus some probation plus um, some community services, dare classes, whatever. So she gets out a few years later. She goes back to her wife and she reunites with her wife. And then um, three months later, her wife's diagnosed with like stage five God breast cancer and only has a couple years to live. So they move to Asheville with their cat who they take hiking in the mountains with them. And they hike up to the top of a mountain where her wife sits on a rocking chair with the cat and looks at like the mountains and she mountain bikes down and vice sports just made a little documentary about it. And it's the Aww. sweetest thing I've ever seen. And now she's trying to raise awareness and starting to mountain bike again at like the age 48 or something. Maybe she's 50 at this point. Uh, because she's spreading this message of just like love who's in your life and fuck all the bullshit. And like, if anybody stops you from doing what you're doing, just look them in the eye and say, fuck off. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Like she's got this awesome message. So I completely lost track of her. I thought she was just a badass uh, at mountain biking, but it turns out she's like a badass in life. Man, that took some turns. Yeah. I don't know how yeah. I'm supposed to be feeling right now. Yeah, so the I missile, Missy Giovi, if you look her up, like look up old pictures of her, new pictures of her. She's just so cool. She's like one of the coolest people on the planet. That's awesome. Yeah. Where's that? Do- is the documentary like online? Yeah, Vice Sports released it like yesterday. It's just like a 13 minute thing and it's got interviews with her and she's super cool at least she didn't get like life in prison for something yeah p.s the reason she wasn't completely thrown away is because yeah she made four hundred thousand dollars but 
after they finished seizing all of the assets and everything out of this ring, it was a $18 million deal that she was a part of that she was only getting $400,000 for. So that's why she wasn't like, right. Everybody else went like away. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Well, Missy. Yeah. She does look like a badass though. Yeah, She totally. has like dreads and shit. Or like the little... Oh, got, wait. Did she? She's got tats of her wife's name all over her body. She's so cool. I'm gonna need a lady. She does yep. tights. First out lesbian athlete in the 90s. That's impressive too. Yeah. Damn. Hmm. Oh, Whitney. Well. Cheer us up. Uh, this is not gonna be a cheerful tale. <laughs> Oh, it. It's definitely not. Um, next week when we tell nothing but happy stories that are just weird. I don't know if I could do that. I mean, I guess my one from last time was about feet, you know, severed feet mm. from probably suicidal people. Something it's sweet not and goofy the like that. worst. Anyways, uh, my story this time is about Candace Newmaker. Excuse me. I like that every time you burp, it's like a sad dab. Is it? Yeah. I got like it. Your, Cause your hands going down instead of up. Well, yeah, that, and, and I also like have to cover, I got to cover, you know, I don't want to be rude. It's going like, I don't want to be rude. All right. So Candace Tiara Elmore. <laughs> it's kind of, I mean, Candace is that her nickname was, or her actual no. middle name? So Tiara is her middle name. Her parents named her Candace because they heard the name on TV. And then uh, Tiara because they thought that she was a jewel or something like that. Like it Not was a, a term of endearment. They didn't go straight to princess? Man, I don't know. So. It was princess. A jewel. Yeah, like a gem You're and a, a gem. tiara. Like a tiara. So she was born in or November 19th, 1989. And uh, she was born into a pretty dysfunctional family. Uh, she... Sorry. Scroll. So... Um, her dad was pretty violent. Her mom was like a teenage mother and shit wasn't really going their way. So she was put into the foster care system and she is eventually adopted by this woman. She's adopted by a woman named Jean Newmaker in Evergreen, Colorado in April of 2000. So Jean is a nurse and seems i mean she's a single woman but she's a nurse you know you're like fuck yeah you do you yeah uh she's trying to like everything's going well and by this point in 2000 candace is about 10 years old and there's an initial kind of honeymoon period and then candace starts to kind of act out and Jean starts to complain that her new daughter keeps behaving negatively mm-hmm. and she's like <laughs> tough shit it's, yeah it's, I mean that's not how that works that's like any child also yeah. it's not a relationship also, yeah Linda yeah. Friedrich never called nobody when I was being a bitch yeah mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I was surprised a bitch my mom kid. didn't I was a bitch kid too so Jean decides that it's time to send Candace to some psychotherapists and she receives a few diagnoses. Uh, They diagnose her with post-traumatic stress disorder and bipolar disorder and start prescribing her all of this stuff. And uh, it's like this Poor girl How is old already is she going when she on. gets She's all these diagnoses? 10 years old. Oh, come on. A 10-year-old getting all of this stuff. She hasn't even had hormones yet. Yeah. What so if that straightens everything out? She's also... <laughs> hormones fix everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's also... Uh, people are saying that she has RAD, which is 
reactive. Red. It's red. But also reactive attachment disorder. Karina had red. Mm-hmm. That was red. It's a what severe are you attaching to? and relatively uncommon disorder that can affect children who are adopted and stuff. Thanks for the eye contact. Yeah, on that. thank you. Sorry. I can't. I'm supposed to look at both of y'all. I don't know. I'm going to reactively attach somewhere else now. <laughs> Do it. Uh, anyways, it's kind of like the reverse of attachment. So they so like just you detach yeah, from they, your parents. Yeah, they Why don't. don't they just call it reactive detaching. It's I mean instead of attachment disorder. Isn't the detachment like a race? With your parents <laughs> anyway. Oh, okay. right. Like attach, then disattach, disattach. Which one of us is going to detach first? Yeah. Disengage. Yeah. Engage. So to combat this reactive attachment disorder, Gene Newmaker is like, guess what? We're going to do attachment therapy. Mm-mm. So the opposite. She pays $7,000. For a two-week intensive session. She's in Evergreen, Colorado. Of, yeah. Okay. Of attachment therapy with Connell or Connell, C-O-N-N-E-L-L. Okay. Connell. I don't know. Watkins. And. Uh, yeah, Evergreen, for anybody who doesn't know Colorado very well, Evergreen is like that perfect blend of hippie and Christian where like they this is like the anti-vax movement incubator where they they believe the weird crystal shit yeah no offense but they also (laughs) believe that like the government is evil because god told them things in a book so like when you combine those two you get this stuff and they charge a lot of money right yeah okay so uh she goes to this place where they give her um like fake adoptive parents almost so like what? these two people are fake. supposed to be for uh, the two weeks her other parents so that when she goes back she's oh this is fucked that's up. fucked it's, up but her mom her adoptive mother is also there so it's like this she's 10 yeah she's 10 so if this doesn't sound like the most confusing thing to you as an adult it definitely is the most confusing thing yeah to anybody especially like a 10 year old child and what age was she adopted at like she remembered like it was she was like five five yeah yeah so you're just like taking a trauma and like yeah poking it okay so Sure, she's in this two-week course where she eventually is going to be reborn. And while she's there, she's subjected to three-hour, multiple sessions of weird different things. They did this thing where they would make her sit perfectly still and they would, like, yell in her face. Like, there's all this crazy, crazy, crazy shit going on for weeks. And this last part is the birthing. So she's subjected to a three-hour session of rebirthing during which she's told to imagine herself as a teeny baby inside her mother's womb and to imagine what it feels like. There are videotapes of it because the motherfuckers, dumbasses kept videos. Uh, So the sessions show Candace telling the adults that she has memories of her childhood before and like all this bad stuff in her brain which she's probably just are they putting out there i mean yeah right yeah it's starting to sound very familiar so she's told she should scream and cry like a baby and try and wiggle out of this like blanket thing that they've wrapped her in so there's the mom the two um, people who are her surrogate shot. parents. Yeah. And then I think there's a third person that's there. So there's four people total. And they're saying, you're going through the birth canal. And while you're in the womb, just like make sure you're like a baby. So the four adults way to 
total of 673 pounds altogether, if you're thinking about it. Oh, oh And they're shit. all leaning on this blanket womb that has been created for Candace's rebirth. Candace, 10-year-old, 70 years pound. Or 70 years pound? 70, 70 pounds. pounds. 10 yeah. years old, 70 pounds. I'm scared. Yeah. So Candace is... Like, she can't get through this made-up thing. And she's starting to freak out. And she's saying, they have it. She's saying, whoever is pushing on my head isn't helping. I can't do this. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And she starts freaking out. And she's like, she starts screaming, like, I can't breathe. I'm going to die. And then she says, okay, I'm dying. I'm sorry. And... The therapist shout, you want to die? Okay, then die. Go ahead. Die right now. And Candace says, please, you said you would give me oxygen. Oh, my God. She says, I'm throwing up. She throws up. Oh, my God. She says, I have to poop. She evacuates her bowels. She throws up inside this fucking blanket. Oh, my God. And the adults are still like leaning on the blanket. They're like, you're a quitter. You're a twerp. You need to get out of this womb. You're the little baby. You got to get out. Blah, blah, blah. And she's stops. Yeah. She stops moving. And they wait a little while. I mean, because they're, I don't know, dumbasses, obviously. So they take or the last thing they ask her is, do you want to be reborn? And she says no. And that's it. And a few minutes later, they take the blanket off and Candace is blue. There's throw up and feces in the blanket. And she's not dead yet, but she's been deprived of so much oxygen. They call the cops. They come. They take her to the hospital and she's on life support for like a night and then she dies. Oh, God. So she had died of brainstem herniation and cerebral edema brought on by mechanical asphyxiation. Of strangulation. Because she was essentially almost kind of crushed to death by these adults inside a blanket. It's like the old pillow kill at the hospital. Yeah. Please tell me there's retribution. Yeah, they're all in jail, There is. Okay, thank God. So, uh, let me get to that. The entire session ended up taking about 70 minutes for her to, for all this to happen. And the entire thing was videotaped because they really thought that they were doing some type of therapy. therapy. So a year later, Watkins and Ponder, who are the two therapists who like weren't licensed or anything. Oh, perfect. Were tried and convicted of reckless child abuse resulting in the death of a child and received 16 year prison sentences. Um, 16, 16, not 6D. Nope. 16 years for murdering a child. Um, Britta St. Clair and Jack McDaniel, who are these helper people pled guilty to criminally negligent child abuse and were given 10 years of probation and a thousand hours of community service. Yeah. Don't do that again. And the adoptive mother, Jean Newmaker, pleaded guilty to neglect and abuse charges and was given a four-year suspended sentence. Four-year suspended mean? sentence? Isn't like, a suspended sentence mean like you don't, don't really fuck have up to again. go? Yeah, or yeah. You'll, be, you'll get four years tacked on to whatever you yeah. fucked up doing. After which, the charges were expunged from her record. Yep, like a bankruptcy. Yep. So, uh... So there is no retribution. Just other than those two people who, yeah, Yeah. which both of them, it looks like, ended up serving about seven of those 16 years. But another kind of positive thing. I mean, I guess. Uh, So her death was like nationally known 
and um, it made people in Colorado and North Carolina create a law called Candace's Law that outlaws dangerous reenactments of the birth experience. And other states have passed certain things like that, which is kind of weirdly specific. It's weird that you have to ban, but yeah, like don't torturing smother children, children in a very specific way instead of just like the blanket. No, it, that's a bad pun. Instead <laughs> of just an overall ban on child torture. Yeah, would hopefully cover that. So, yeah, anyways, this is probably kind of fucked up. But the whole time we were talking about blanket, I'm thinking about that mylar blanket from uh, Better Call Saul. Oh, weird. Yeah. Huh. I thought you were going to say, like, Michael Jackson. Yeah, I thought so, too. Blanket. Oh. His son. Oh. Sorry, is, is that worse? Uh, no, is he okay? Mike Jr.? No, I don't yeah. know. Is he I Mike think he's Jr. now? He's, I don't know. I he's always been I th- Michael Jackson no, Jr. I, but there's two. I think there's Mike Jr., but that, the like, Blanket is a real baby's name, a child's name, a person's name at this point. Well, no, I thought that was a nickname. Prince. I mean, they're all nicknames. None of them. Uh, I don't remember. Jackson. Let's all be real. Wait, those kids are not there's Prince. Kids. That's Michael Joseph Jackson. Right? Yeah. Paris yeah. is Paris seems to. She's, she's like, she's like okay. famous. She's now. doing good. Yeah. But let's look up blanket. Here it comes. Give me a blanket. We're like, hey, let's pop. Does out he of exist? The, uh, yeah. Can we get to something that's no, that less is that depressing. is Michael Joseph Sorry. Jackson. You're oh. right. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. I mean, they were all pretty. Karina's had a really good, uh, positive end, but boy, that roller coaster really stressed me out. <laughs> I, uh, it's it's it's. I don't want to talk about it on the podcast. Oh, that okay. hit close to home. In, I like, was super weird. I way. when I first researched this story, I was like, I don't know if I should tell it because I don't want to. Well, you know, you know, I think we get, I think, we get I think a our bummer one every now and then. I think our listeners have to brace themselves because sometimes weird shit is yeah. fucking harsh. Weird shit is harsh, yeah. man. And we're not in the entertainment business. We're in the weird brunching business. Mm, and it's hard. <laughs> sometimes it's going to go dark. It is. I feel like it bummed us out. Yeah. Well, no, no I think we, we think we already were like half bummed. Yeah, I bummed myself out with mine. Yeah, yours bummed me out. I bummed myself out because I forgot about the cancer right. ending. And uh, and then, yeah, listening to the details of a child getting murdered is pretty rough. Especially a <laughs> kid that was going through an adoption rebirth. Yeah, yeah. thanks for that. Yeah, Ooh, sorry. Fuck. Rebby, how are you feeling? She's bummed She's out. Sad. We bummed her also. out. We, we saddened her. Sad. Probably. Well, who's got a joke? Y'all are funny. Say something. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say that. I was going to say that Why? exact same thing. <laughs> it was just like Y'all right are. there. Uh, uh, I got she buffalo knows. sauce on our microphone. So. I was grounded for that. Not it. Mm-mm. I just assume you can kind of like. Yeah, right. Lick it's, it off. That's why you've got these. the mic condom. Yeah, well, lick it off or what? You know, whatever. Yeah. Is that what you're into? Yeah, go lick that Lisa fluffy ass microphone. Yeah, lick that felt cover. Lick that Muppet face. Gross. That bummed me out again. That Muppet movie. Or not Muppet movie. That they thought would be like, take the world on fire. Because it's like, ooh, Muppets being naughty. Oh, the pervy one? Uh, Did did that even come out? I saw it. Yeah. It sucked, I saw right? It, it wasn't funny. It looked like it sucked so it hard. Didn't, it didn't creep me out as much as I thought it was going to because I was like, this is going to be gross in an uncomfortable way because I don't want to watch what's that. The point? Who was sitting around in 2018 going, I want to see the Muppets and have them bum me out? Jim Hansen's son. Because well, that's wrong. who was, it was like ben his Jimson. whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I know, Blanket Hansen. Oh, Blanket <laughs> Henson. I don't know. It didn't work out. There were a couple of like any funny movie or comedy. There's yeah. a couple funny sort one joke, of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, but no, it wasn't good. HBO or Netflix. Yeah. I only saw it because I got to go for free. Yeah. I wouldn't have paid to see that shit. No, I don't plan on it. Uh-uh. I'm also going to probably have to 
buy more weed to sit through it, but I really want to. I want to give it you a wanna shot. You want to do it? Yeah. Why? Have you, I don't. I also really like watching shitty movies, though, in general. Yeah. I watched like, I The Meg. Watch. I have not done that yet. It's I need on to. Hulu or I somewhere. Know. It's terrible. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Yeah, That's I cool. do want to see The Meg. Oh, maybe I'll do that tonight. Um, but yeah, it's hard sometimes because even though, sub- okay, have you seen Sabrina? Yes, I have. Do you what like it? Episode? I like Sabrina. Do not like Riverdale. Really? Yeah. Love Riverdale. Only could get through one episode of Sabrina. Huh. Rebby? Never seen Riverdale. Love Sabrina. Watch every episode. Hmm. And I didn't you're going to sit this one out? You're not going to share your feelings? I didn't love Sabrina, but I liked it. And I thought it ended really well. It was way darker than I thought it was going to be. So that's where I stand. I at first could not get through like one episode. Mm-hmm. Then I tried again. I also I really like Riverdale a so, lot. So I got to try again is what you're saying. Well, I tried like the second and third and then by the halfway through the second and then into the third you're like oh shit okay you just kind of get what they're doing also whenever i saw the satanic church legit is trying to sue them i'm like oh yeah yeah for using the likeness of baphomet yeah but they're like the cool guys the satanic they like just file lawsuits for cool reasons they don't want this like satanic version of sabrina to be using baphomet even though like who doesn't use what did they copyright him? Yeah, like that's what I'm. I don't know. I guess it's their Muhammad. <laughs> <laughs> we should stop there. <laughs> All right. Oh God, she's fallen. 